Welcome to episode two of the Good Guy Grant podcast. I'm your host, Grant. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk college basketball transfers, as well as the one-and-done rule in college basketball. First and foremost, I would like to thank everyone that listened to episode one of the Good Guy Grant podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it, and you're going to be listening going forward. You can listen to the Good Guy Grant podcast on Anchor, as well as now Spotify. Now, let's get into topic number one. College basketball and players that have transferred out of college basketball, we're starting to notice a trend in college basketball for players transferring out of college basketball in terms of different programs, whether it's, you know, changing conferences, changing teams. Uh, It just seems to be a lot more transfers going on in college basketball these days compared to what it was before. Now, if you didn't know this, over 500 players have transferred from a school since the season ended this past season in college basketball. Notable players to transfer so far, Altariq Gilbert, who transferred from UConn to Wichita State. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, Just didn't get the playing time he necessarily wanted and didn't see the star power when he was playing for UConn. Decided to transfer. He's a six-foot guard. Uh, he's going to play point guard for Wichita State. Um, Columbus, oh, that Ohio State player uh, in Columbus, DJ Carton, decided to transfer from OSU. He's going to be going to Marquette. Uh, he has to sit out a year because of the transfer rules. Now, Altariq Gilbert, he'll be actually he'll be able to play immediately at Wichita State, which is kind of interesting. DJ Carton, a six-one guard. Uh, played at Ohio State last year, uh, more of a scoring guard. Uh, for people that don't know him, he's going to be playing at Marquette. Uh, Chandy Brown, who actually went from Wake Forest to Michigan, um, they're going to see if he's going to be able to play immediately, most likely. I don't think he will. Uh, he's a six foot five uh, player. Uh, played for Wake Forest, had a decent season, you know, averaged double figures uh, for them. I think it's a good gift for Michigan. He plays good defense. Um, so he's going to hopefully be eligible this season. If not, he'll have to sit out a year. But over 500 players have transferred from one school or put their name in the transfer portal since the season ended. Think about that for a second. Over 500. Now this is counting, you know, the the lower conferences and things like that. This is just Division One players. You know, there's a good amount of programs in Division One these days. Um, so... It's a good amount that's been transferred. We're noticing more of a trend, uh, and you know, one of the reasons I think a lot of these players are transferring uh, is either to get playing time, so that way they're able to either you know get a professional career out of it, whether it's in the NBA or it's overseas. Uh, another reason I think that a lot of these players are transferring is because of the coaching changes uh, that are happening at schools. Um, you know, a lot of these kids commit out of high school to program because they feel like it's a great fit with the coach that's coaching them at the time and with the way college basketball is set up and, uh, you know, college football as well is actually set up this way as well. Uh, you can actually, if you're a coach in college basketball or college football, you don't have to sit out a year when you're transferring programs. You're basically saying, you know, I, I want to leave, let's say a program, for example, I want to leave, you know, Ohio State and go coach at, you know, Dayton. You're immediately able to just jump ship as a coach and go from OSU to Dayton. You don't have to sit out. You don't have to do anything. You're automatically like, yep, that's my program. So if you're a player at a program that just lost their head coach, you committed to the program, 
uh, because you felt the system was great fit for you. You thought the coach was right. You know, he was in your house. He basically said, you know, I'm going to be here long term. I want you to be here for the next however many years you're going to be here. I want to be your coach. And then all of a sudden that guy leaves and goes to a different program and you're stuck with either an interim coach or you're stuck with uh, a new coach that gets hired on uh, permanently uh, to that program. I think uh, with the way college basketball is going, uh, unless they change something, I think this is going to be a big issue going forward in college basketball and college sports uh, with players transferring. Um, kind of interesting when you think about it because if over 500 players are transferring now and the transfer portal's only been open for a couple of years to be able to do this, uh, and it seems to be getting more recognition year by year, different players entering the portal. Uh, I know Georgetown, for example, with Patrick Ewing as their coach, um, they lost so far at least five players from that roster from just a couple months ago to the transfer portal. One of them being uh, Matt McClung. If you don't know about him, he's the guy that declared for the draft and uh, actually ended up pulling out of the draft. Uh, didn't want to go back to Georgetown to be a Patrick Ewing. He basically said, you know, I'm, I'm going to transfer schools. Uh, I'm going to go to BYU. Uh, where I'm going to be able to play in a system, I feel like it's going to be a great fit for me. It's going to, you know, give me a chance to possibly, you know, play professionally, whether it's in the NBA or overseas. You know, he's a six foot two guard. Um, he was a three star coming out of high school, but he didn't want to play for Patrick Ewing anymore, so he pulled his name out of the draft. He saw he wasn't going to be, you know, a top first round pick. Uh, so instead of going back to Georgetown, he transfers out to BYU. Um, but with coaching changes and uh, some of these players are like, you know, I don't want to play for a new coach. You know, I came to this program to play for that coach. He's not there, so I'm going to go wherever I want. Uh, some of the college basketball players transfer because, you know, they're homesick or maybe they have a family member that's sick that they want to go back to. So that's one of the reasons why they could also transfer back to a different sc school as well. You know, they transfer back home. Uh, since I'm in Columbus, I noticed uh, a couple players doing that. You know, Mikey Mitchell, for example, uh, from Texas. He committed to OSU, got homesick, and you know, decided to go back to Texas um, to play there so he'd be closer to his family. I know some people transfer because they got sick relatives that they want to be close to, so they transfer back home. Uh, it's a big decision with college basketball and college in general. You know, that's. Unless you're Zion Williamson, you know, R.J. Barrett, or any of these one-and-done players, you're going to be in college for a couple years. It's not going to be something that's going to be, uh, you know, a year or two. You can be there three or four years, sometimes five years, depending on, you know, how long you want to stay in college basketball. You know, you might redshirt the first year and then play the next four. You never know. But uh, definitely a trend to keep your eyes on with college basketball. Uh, I think the it's going to actually hurt the ratings for college basketball as well with all these people transferring because of the fact that your average college basketball fan already doesn't know the roster of the team that you like. For example, I'm a Michigan Wolverines basketball fan. Um, if I didn't follow recruiting and the team so closely, I probably wouldn't know anybody on their bench at all, except for maybe their six-man. That's probably it. Your average fan doesn't know more than three to four people on a college basketball team. Now with the transfer rules going where you can, you know, transfer out. If you're a grad student, you're become immediately eligible. Um, if you're not a grad student, unless you have a waiver from the NCAA, you have to sit out a year. 
Uh, you know, if you're a Georgetown basketball fan, five of your players have left the program. Think about that. That could be your entire starting five. Now, for Georgetown, it's not. I believe a couple role players transferred as well um, from Georgetown, but it's basically you're getting a whole new roster. And it seems to be a trend that's happening in college basketball uh, more year by year. You know, players want to either, you know, play in the NBA, so they, they want to play professionally. They don't want to sit behind a one-and-done player or keep having to sit behind one-and-done players. One of the people that comes to mind when I think about that is Alex O'Connell. Uh, he was a guard at Duke. Uh, he was one of the players who sat behind, you know, the one-and-dones when they had uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. Uh, Alex O'Connell actually entered the transfer portal um, this past um, offseason and uh, basically said, you know, I don't want to play for Duke anymore. I want to leave the Duke program. Uh, he decided to leave the program. Uh, you know, he's a really good shooter, but he his defense is a little, eh, it's not that great. But if you can get a shooter like Alex O'Connell, who can actually, you know, knock down shots, he's actually a really good shooter. Um, on your team as a transfer, you know, I think he's going to be one of those players that can definitely make a difference on a team. Uh, he actually decided to go from Duke to Creighton, where if you know Creighton's basketball program very well, which I do, they always seem to have really good shooters on their team. Kyle Korver, Doug McDermott both come to mind when I think of Creighton basketball. Um, those are two guys in the NBA that are, you know, lights out shooters that can shoot the ball really well. Um, especially Kyle Korver, you know, he's been in a couple three point competitions. You know, he's always up there in the NBA in terms of three point shooting. I'm not saying that Alex O'Connell is going to be the next Kyle Korver or Doug McDermott, uh, but he is a really good shooter. I think Creighton's getting a good player in terms of being able to score the basketball. Defensively, he has a liability. He does not play great defense. Uh, so with college basketball, with the over 500 players, you know, just transferring once the season ends out, a lot of these transfers see how much, you know, NBA players are making and, you know, what they're able to get out of it. So they're, they're thinking in their head, I don't want to sit on the bench for a couple seasons. You know, I want to go to a program where I'm going to be able to play, showcase my skills, uh, either play in the NBA or maybe the G League or play overseas professionally. So they're thinking in their head, I think that's the best option. Now, transitioning to our next topic, uh, we're going to talk about uh, one-and-dones in college basketball. For people that don't know what a one-and-done player is, College basketball, if you are a freshman and you play your freshman season in college basketball, you are able to declare for the NBA and go pro after just one season in college basketball. Um, nowadays, though, there, it's you don't just have the one-and-dones that are leaving college basketball. You're actually having players from high school uh, signing professional contracts to actually play in the G League. The two players that come to mind is uh, Jalen Green, uh, who was one of the top three players in high school this past season, and Isaiah Todd, who is a big guy out of high school. Uh, he was committed to Michigan but decided to sign with the G League team, uh, which you get, it's around between 150 and 250000 for that one season in the G League, and then you're able to declare for the NBA draft right after that. Um, but the, with the one-and-dones, the way college basketball is set up, so many programs these days, whether it's your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your North Carolinas, you're getting all these one-and-done players, you know, the five-star recruits coming in, they're playing one season of college basketball, they're leaving. For instance, in the 2019 NBA draft, remember, there's only 60 
NBA draft spots available for to be drafted. It's not like in the NFL where you have seven rounds. You have two rounds in the NBA, 30 in the first round, 30 in the second round. And 2019 alone, 14 freshmen were drafted in the 2019 NBA draft. 14 one-and-done players. That's not counting uh, players that couple of them playing the G League and decided to go pro. That's not counting, you know, players overseas. That's 14 players who played college basketball for one year and decided, you know, I played my one year in college, I'm going pro. Some of these players could have came right out of high school and honestly played in the NBA right away. A couple that come to mind, Zion Williamson, who plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think he could have came out of high school. Uh, R.J. Barrett is another name, played for Duke. Uh, played up in Canada for high school. I think he could have came out of high school and played in the NBA right away. Um, I think college basketball really needs to think about, you know, is the one and done's working? You know, for the programs that are getting big money out of it, of course it's working. They're getting the jersey sales. They're getting, you know, that one year of Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. Um, Jackson Hayes is another name who plays uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. He played at Texas in high school for one year. Uh, are the college basketball is making money, but the players you play it for that one season, you know, they get their free room and board and they get their stipend per month, but are not, they're not getting any extra cash on top of it. I think what the uh, NBA needs to do is actually get rid of the one and done rule and allow players to come out of high school, uh, be able to declare right out of high school, whether you declare for the NBA draft um, if you get drafted, you know, that's great. You know, you're able to be one of the you know, 60 players in that class to get drafted. You're able to sign a professional contract. Uh, if not, you know, you have your chance and out of high school to, you know, play in the G League, uh, play overseas. Um, but a lot of players that are one and done, they don't even want to go to college in the first place. They just want to, they're basically kind of forced to go to college, play that one year, get the experience. You know, they sign up for a bunch of, you know, crappy classes to where they know, you know, I only have to be here one year. What do I need to take all the these hard classes for? I'm going to sign up for all the easy classes, get them out of the way. And then once my freshman year is over, I'm declaring for the NBA draft. So 14 total freshmen in the 2019 draft. 11 of them went in the first round of the 2019 draft. So out of the 14, 11 won in the first round. Um couple notable names from that draft. You know, you got Zion Williamson went number one. He was a freshman. Uh, John Morant, who was a sophomore, went two. R.J. Barrett, freshman, went three. Uh, Darius Garland was a freshman out of Vanderbilt. He got hurt, actually, at Vanderbilt. Didn't play the whole season. Ended up going number five to the Cavs. Um, Toby White, who plays for the Bulls. You know, freshman coming out of North Carolina. But it just seems like in college basketball with these one-and-dones, teams are just reloading each and every year, it seems like, especially your Kentuckys, your Duke, your North Carolina, your top. Probably you have your 10 or 12 programs that seem to reload each and every year because of all the you know, freshmen that decide to declare after one season. So basically what they're doing is coaches like John Calipari, uh, Coach Krzyzewski, uh, Roy Williams are basically telling these kids, hey, you're going to be a first-round pick, go pro. You know, don't worry about coming back. Um, and then they're basically telling these three or four players to go, and then they're bringing in three or four new players to kind of come in and take over. What the NBA can do is, you know, you should be able to come right out of high school and go to the NBA. It worked in previous past. The only two players to come out of high school that were not drafted 
where Lenny Cook, and this was back in 2002, and D'Angelo Collins. Now, Lenny Cook uh, played professionally overseas. If you don't know who that is, he was actually ranked ahead of Carmelo Anthony and actually LeBron James in high school uh, at one point. Uh, ended up not becoming college eligible because of grades, and he actually took um, benefits as well. He got some cash jewelry when he was in high school. Uh, he actually has a documentary online that you can actually watch on him. Uh, the Lenny Cook documentary is actually really interesting if you get a chance to watch it online. I watched it a few years ago. It's actually really interesting stuff to see what he went through in his life and how he played overseas for a number of years. Uh, never really made it to the NBA. He got a couple chances in training camp, but he declared out of high school, him and D'Angelo Collins. D'Angelo Collins uh, played a few years overseas. Uh, he also did not play in the NBA. But other than that, so many players have came right out of high school and on, honestly become stars. You have you know, a perfect example. You have LeBron James, one of the top players in the NBA. Uh, Kobe Bryant came right out of high school. Um you know, Trace McGrady came out of high school, Kevin Garnett, uh, the list goes on and on. For every, I would say, LeBron or Kobe, of course you're going to have, you know, your Kwame Brown, your Nudu Ebbies, your Eddie Currys, Tyson Chandlers, players not going to be as good, but feel they need to be in the NBA so they declare out of high school. My thing is, once you graduate high school, you should have an option to go pro. If you're that good, I don't. LeBron James had no business going to college to play college basketball. He went number one overall. What would LeBron have benefited playing a year of college basketball? It wouldn't have helped him. It wouldn't have changed anything. He still would have been dominant. Uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, I remember watching that draft, and I remember Kobe Bryant actually get traded on draft day to the Lakers. Uh, ended up playing his entire career uh, with the LA Lakers. You know, passed away, uh, you know, within the last, you know, here so, uh, which actually shook up the sports world when he passed. But yeah, players like that, I remember when Tracy McGrady came out of high school. Uh, Monte Ellis is another name that comes out that came out of high school. Um, me being a Bulls fan, I remember when the Bulls were on rebuild mode and they actually drafted Eddie Curry out of high school. And then they got Tyson Chandler in a trade. So they had two high school players on the roster. And it was... It was interesting to see the growing pains, but if you're a college, you know, you're a high schooler and you don't want to go to college, for instance, Jalen Green, uh, high school senior who's a top three player in the country in high school, basically said, you know, I don't want to go to college. I want to, you know, start my professional career, ends up signing a G League contract, is going to play in the G League with uh, Isaiah Todd as well. Um, they want to make some money in the G League uh, before they're able to, um, declare for the NBA draft. So they're going to get a season in the G league playing against professional players, you know, whether it's, you know, rookies that get sent down to the G league or players that have been trying to get in the NBA for years, uh, to be good competition for them. Another name of a player who, um, decided to skip college is RJ Hampton. For people that don't know, RJ Hampton was going to go to school, but decided not to, and actually decided to go play, uh, overseas, uh, in New Zealand, um, he actually went up against LaMelo Ball, uh, one of the Ball brothers, which was interesting. R.J. Bear, or R.J. Hampton, excuse me. Um, got a decent amount of playing time overseas. Didn't put the numbers people thought, but he's going to be a top 20 pick in the NBA draft coming out this year. Um, so with the one-and-done rule, I think 
to help college basketball become, you know, bigger and keep fans intrigued and everything. I think you eliminate the one and done rule. You allow them to enter the NBA out of high school or play professionally out of high school. But if those players decide to go to college, I think uh, it should be like how college football does to where you have to be there for three years um, before you can declare to be a pro. I think it helps college uh, basketball by doing that. Uh, it doesn't allow teams like Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina to basically restock year in and year out. Uh, it allows some of the players to go to different schools uh, because of the scholarship restrictions that maybe you have a full team. For instance, let's say uh, the one-and-done players from this year's Duke team, the Vernon Carey, um, as one of the names that comes to mind, and you have uh, Trey Jones, who was a sophomore, let's say they had to stay in college basketball, uh, they wouldn't, then Duke would not have the scholarships available to offer a couple of the five stars that they have coming in. So those players would have to go to a different school uh, ultimately. So it actually it adds to the competition the more you think about it. So the players that want to leave high school and go straight to the NBA are allowed to do that. You give them the option to do that. But then the players who want to be in college and actually be able to play, uh, you get at least three years of uh, college basketball experience under your belt, um, which not only you know allows you to get a college degree, but allows you to get you know a little bit of seasoning in college, playing against some you know whether you're a freshman or senior, playing against some of the grown players in the college. Uh, but I think college basketball would also need to change the basically give kind of college basketball players a little bit more money in the way they would do that. Um, since you're getting rid of the one and done rule and a lot of players come out of high school, you have to give them the incentive to go to college. Uh, right now they're getting, you know, free room and board. You get your meal plan covered, your books, your tuitions covered, which is nice. But if you're, you know, a big five-star prospect coming onto campus, you're most likely not living in a dorm room after freshman year, you know, you're getting a lot of attention from people in the dorms, you know, you're getting people at your door constantly. I remember um, walking into OSU dorm uh, one year and one of the freshmen, people knew exactly who he was. You know, they were at his door constantly all the time. He got bugged. He wasn't able to get schoolwork done. Uh, so he decided to move off campus um, after his freshman year to kind of get away from all the, the crowds and people. And the way college basketball can actually change and actually give college basketball players a little bit more money is give them a percentage of the jersey sales that each program will make. For instance, let's say when Zion Williamson was a freshman at Duke, they sold 100,000 of his jerseys his one season at Duke. Give him a percentage of those sales for that jersey, whether it's you know three to five percent, makes a little bit extra money on the side, which is good for him. It you know basically puts a little more pocket change into a college student. Which if you're a college student these days, you're not making a ton of money. Uh, you're mostly focusing on your academics. You're going to class. You're thinking about your career. Um, I think the incentive also to keep players in college is the chance to get a college degree. Uh, gives them kind of a program to look forward to after uh, their professional careers. Uh, most NBAers, you know, you play to your 32, 33 years old, and then you're done after that uh, if you're really good. But if you're really crappy, your NBA career can last, you know, two to three years, um, and then you're done. And then you got to either play overseas and find a team to kind of stick in with, or basically you're kind of 
shit out of luck and you're basically done. Uh, then you have to look at the real world and say, you know, what am I going to do next? Uh, what am I going to do after that? So I think getting a college degree for those players that stick around for the three years is good uh, for college basketball. And it's also good for the players as well. Um, you know, online classes, you know, for the athletes that are popular around campus. Uh, one of the names comes to mind is uh, Trevor Lawrence, who plays college football at, at Clemson. He's taken online classes, so that way he doesn't have to be around crowds and things like that. And then he'll be able to declare for the NFL draft actually after this year because uh, he'll be you know three years in. I think with college basketball being able to have different teams be good each and every year would be good as well. You're not seeing the same 10 teams you know, basically stacking their rosters each and every year. You're not seeing your Kansas, Dukes, North Carolina, Michigan State basically shoving players to the NBA after their freshman year and then just reloading and being in the Final Four each and every year. I think it... If the players have to stick around for three years, uh, if they decide not to come out out of high school, I think it benefits college basketball. I think it makes a lot more teams better. It's going to make March Madness a lot more interesting because there's going to be a lot more players on each team that are really good. Uh, for instance, you won't have you know that that one college game to where you're just watching until one guy gets eliminated at. And then you're like, you know, the Zion's out, so I don't need to watch the, you know, the March Madness tournament anymore. He was the one and done. Uh, another player that comes to mind, of course, R.J. Barrett. Uh, but too many players are doing the one-and-done rule and taking advantage of it, and I think the NBA needs to step in and basically get rid of that and go back to the way it was with players being able to declare from high school. Um, of course, you know, one of the worst number one overall picks coming out of high school was Kwame Brown. Way to go, Michael Jordan. Uh, one of the worst players declared out of high school is Kwame Brown. For every Kwame Brown, though, there's always a star who's coming out of high school who basically doesn't need college basketball, who thinks, you know, I'm ready for the professionals, I'm going to go pro, and they deserve that chance. Why should they have to waste a year of college basketball and then declare for the NBA draft? Why do they have to be in college basketball for one year? Why can't they just come right out of high school? So change that, allow them to come straight out of high school, declare for the NBA, you know, put pressure on GMs and NBA scouts to make sure they get it right. Because if they don't, let's say an NBA GM drafts a high school player, you know, two to three years in a row, and those high school players end up to be busts, your NBA GM is going to get fired. You have to change your scouting department. Uh, so it puts a lot more pressure on the NBA, which is good. and actually allows the GM to do a little bit more thinking, make sure they're you know, careful in who they're picking. They're, uh, if all else fails, they can take that first-round pick out of high school and stash them in the G League uh, for your year or two to get some seasoning, which is nice. Um, it gives them the experience to be able to play and learn, uh, which is nice. You know, At a young age, coming out, 18 years old, gives them a little bit more maturity to play You know, in the G League for a year, which would be nice if you're not ready to play uh, in the NBA in terms of being able to get some minutes, not just sitting on the bench uh, game and game on. But it's, uh, I think that's what needs to happen in college basketball. I think the ratings would definitely go up even more. Um, I think the attention of your casual college basketball fan would definitely change. Uh, being able to draw even more fans that don't watch a lot of college basketball because they would see that their school has the same players returning, which is nice. Um, but that's just my opinion. Again, if, if you could, check out my Facebook page, the Good Guy Grant Facebook. I'm also on Twitter, Good Guy Grant. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode two. Please give me your feedback and let me know how I did. Have a good holiday weekend, everyone.